This is the Sanat Kumara once again. Welcome to the 22nd lecture of this year at Namas University, Earth's spiritual digital university, a place and community that grows you into fully soul-guided and Shambhala-assisted human beings, able to create the life you are supposed to live, and the future of Earth according to the divine plan together with all other beings. Today I want to tell you more about the beings in the Deva Kingdom and why the Deva Kingdom includes what many call the Angelic Kingdom. How this perception of separation came into existence At the end, I will update you on latest developments. The Deva Kingdom includes a broad band of nature beings, also called nature spirits. Devas, elementals, elves, angels, fairies, dragons, unicorns, centaurs, phoenixes, trolls, to name the most important. Together, they form one of the five kingdoms of Earth. We need the Deva kingdom to accelerate our development towards unity and harmony, and with that, to fulfill Earth's purpose in our galaxy. Except for angels, which are widely known in countries where Christianity, Islam and Judaism prevail, Devas, elves, fairies, dragons, unicorns, phoenixes and the like were mainly reduced to strolling around in stories of various kinds. Only people who continued to live with pagan traditions, knowledge and wisdom and who live close to and with nature were able to stay bonded to beings of the Deva kingdom who still showed themselves since the fall of Atlantis. As I told you during my last lecture, the Devas abandoned the humans way back then after being manipulated, controlled and even enslaved by the humans. On top of that, at the time Atlantis fell, many other nature beings from the Deva kingdom were put to sleep into a kind of frozen state until reawakened when the time was right. Before we get to the angels, let's go through the different nature beings of the Deva kingdom for a brief refresher. The Devas design, build and demolish all that needs a form from celestial objects to human bodies to plants, rocks, animal bodies. The elementals are a single-purpose life form working for the devas on atomic level. So you have one body deva, but this deva is in charge of all elementals who make up your body in each atom and with it in each cell and organ. The elves are devas with a special shield 
of chakra activation against humans using words of power to control, manipulate and enslave them. Some humans look elvish, as many of them, like devas, also incarnated in a human body to gain experience and contribute to Earth's development until they can show themselves as elves again. The fairies' task is to supervise. And they do that with a lot of humor and wit. I don't expect you to believe me until you have a couple of them in your home poking fun. The dragons sp spread life energy and protect. The more advanced you get on your spiritual path and have to take up responsibility for energy projects with a wider influence, the likelier it will be that you receive a dragon in your personal energy field to protect you and to be of service to you. You will understand what I mean when you read the last story of the announced illustrated short story ebook. The unicorns spread joy and rainbow energy. That's not a children's myth, that's reality. The centaurs work on the oneness and complementariness of the human and the animal kingdom. Phoenixes oversee rebirths. Trolls are rather mischievous, even dangerous beings. Their purpose is to teach you to respect someone who you should avoid and thereby accept that all beings are part of the divine creation and equally worthy. The angels are heavenly winged beings who guide, guard and protect. They are an important part of the Abrahamic relations, Christianity, Islam and Judaism. And because these religions also play a role in human dominance on earth, they help to push the other members of the Deva kingdom to the sideline or into obscurity. But if you walk the long corridors of the Vatican museums in Vatican City, for example, slowly and mindfully, you discover hundreds of depictions of deva beings of all kinds in the art displayed there. The word angel comes from the Greek word angelos. The translation of the Hebrew word malak, which means messenger. In the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, as well as in the New Testament, the word refers to both heavenly and human messengers. However, once the Bible was translated into Latin, the meaning split. In the Latin translations, only heavenly messengers are referred to as angelos, angels. Human messengers received other names. However, calling all heavenly spirits angels is not correct. Joshua, a.k.a. Jesus, is clearly a heavenly messenger, but not an angel. 
I guess we can all agree on that. At the time the Bible came into existence, angels were placed into the human realm, the human kingdom. Makes sense if you want to spread a religion that puts humans in a predominant role, doesn't it? Furthermore, you got used to a hierarchy of angels, but the Bible does not refer to a hierarchy. So where does that come from? Thomas Aquinas, a 13th century Italian Dominican friar priest and scholastic theologian, referred to this hierarchy in his work Summa Theologica. He states that there are three ranks within the angelic order, each containing three choirs. The lowest rank is the one closest to incarnated human beings. It consists of angels, archangels and principalities and their responsibilities reflect that. Angels and archangels you are familiar with. Principalities have responsibility over larger groups of people, like nations, churches and large organizations. Thomas Aquinas separated the angels by their knowledge of the universe, and he wrote that the lowest rank of angels, archangels and principalities, had the least understanding of the universe and God's plans. Interesting. According to him, the second rank is the middle management. It consists of powers, virtues and dominions. They deal little with humans. The third and highest rank is the closest to the creator. It consists of thrones, cherubim and seraphim. Whenever we believe something, it is vital to know where the information comes from on which the belief is built. So the question is legitimate to ask, where did Thomas Aquinas get this from? Did the highest ranked angels throw him a party during which they told him? No, according to him, they don't bother with humans. Thomas Aquinas cites Dionysius, who seemed to have placed the idea at the time of Paul the Apostle in one of his writings. Dionysius was a student of Paul the Apostle, and this closeness gave him credibility. Today we know that Dionysius wrote about many things, but nothing about the angel's hierarchy. Only in recent years scientists discovered that the author of a writing on the angel's hierarchy, Thomas Aquinas believed to be Dionysius, was actually a man living in Syria during the 5th century. Thus, the initial hierarchy of angels that Thomas Aquinas built his theory on was written not at the time of the Apostle Paulus, but roughly 450 years later. <music>
by whom and with what purpose, we don't know today. Do people bother about all of that today when they talk about the angelic kingdom or specific angels? Not if you look at all the books and card decks of angels available today. They don't even know how nature beings, nature spirits, relate to angels and how they cooperate with them. The three religions had an interest to focus on angels only. Yet the angels have an interest that you know about the bigger picture of the Deva kingdom and all the other beings that are closely cooperating with them. All great work is done in teams of beings from various kingdoms. Just think about Volume 2 of the Chronicles of Sanat Kumara, God's Station in Arkham Cathedral. By whom and how is the portal to the cosmic communication station in the octagon opened? By devas, dragons, angels, humans, master teachers and of Earth's allies together. None of them could have done it without all the others. In my last lecture I told you that the Deva of humanity are reborn. The Deva of humanity are the liaison between the Deva and the human kingdom. This link of trust is needed and was missing for about 12,000 years. I'm delighted to inform you today that thousands of dragons still frozen in sleep since the fall of Atlantis, have been reawakened during the last full moon, the strawberry moon, as it is called, that occurred on June 3rd or 4th, 2023, depending on where you live. Not just the devas from the deva kingdom are showing themselves again. Dragons do so as well now. Be ready for them. You will be able to dive into this world with the first volume of the short story series. Its title will be The Emea Mysteries. Emea is how the Devas named what humans call the Great Mother or Gaia as of the day they designed and built Earth in accordance with the divine plan for this planet and its mission. Emea is also the name widely used in higher dimensions. The ebook is not online for purchase yet. I will let you know once this is the case. Closing today's lecture. I would like to remind you that all beings talked about share reality in 24 dimensions with you. They are colleagues, might become friends, and in the eye of the divine are your brothers and sisters. When you think about yourself trying to relate to them, Think of your soul in the eighth dimension first. Remind yourself that you know them already. You just have to remember them. Get in tune and in touch with them again.
Call all of them into your life with the invocation I've provided in my e-booklet, the Sanat Kumara Affirmations, Invocations and Insights for the Ambassadors of Light. By becoming knowledgeable about and close to them again, you also become whole again. That is all I wanted to tell you today. In my next lecture, I will talk about the differences between your blood, your soul and your frequency family and what that means for your life and spiritual growth in unity and harmony. Until then, I love and I bless you all. This was the Sanat Kumara. <laughs>